0: And welcome into Heavy Hitters, everybody here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K.W.R. KU Kutztown. Jack, I'm Mitchell Smedley here on this Friday afternoon. So glad to be with you as always. Thought we were not going to have too much on the docket today, Mr. Smedley, but a lot has transpired over the past couple of days. We have NFL, NFL coaching hires to go over, a lot of them to discuss. We have the MLB getting a little more hot on the hot stove. Big time trade happened yesterday we got to break that down. Yeah, how about of, that? A wow. couple of minor free agent signings on the reliever path for my team. Um, and um, What's that like? What's it like signing new players? I can't even imagine what that's like. <laughs> I, I am so jealous right now. They're not high-profile players, but we're adding to the bullpen, getting an interesting, interesting assortment of arms. He uh, could go nuclear. In, in the New York Mets bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> all right that is so awful to say we're going we're going there already Uh, Uh, we're we're, not even we're not even a minute in Mitchie's off his horse today we're just over uh, a minute in but he's trying to lock in
1: this is a weird new time 2 p.m. Fridays we're here till 4 and um man oh man do we have a lot to discuss we got to discuss championship weekend in the NFL what happened to Rubens Ravens oh I like that actually that that has a real nice flow to it Rubens Ravens um 49-2 did not come to fruition. And uh, we're very upset about it here, Jack. We're very upset about it. But we do have to talk about all things uh, NFL, NHL. Jack wants to talk some college hoops. We'll talk some college hoops. Yeah, that's going to be our number two, for yeah, sure. Yeah. Our number two. I'm just laying out the whole four. schedule. Sure. The yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Agenda. got to keep
0: the listeners informed, yeah. 100%.
1: It's all about, like, you know, so this is a radio thing where you tease something that's not coming on for a while to up your listener time. Strategy. You're getting uh industry secrets over here on Heavy Hitters. Who says we're only a one uh, one trick pony? Yeah. But for any of our major topics to discuss, or if you have something else you wanna you wanna talk about, you know, uh 610-683-4058-610-683-4058. 610-683-4058. I, Mitchy, am standing by anxiously, awaiting your call. So don't hesitate to ask. To ask? To call. <laughs> Uh, 610 6, 4058 Jack, how you doing? How was your week? It's a, it's a really a, a weekly recap, uh,
0: now on this, on this Friday. Yeah. 7. Unfortunately, the weekend was not kind to me. Um, an ailment has come and gone, but we've fully oh, yeah. recovered. I we've... forgot we didn't have a Monday show. See, we've it's so recovered. far behind, I didn't even remember. We, we fully recovered there, um, and feeling much better, but yes, a lot to talk about. Um, we will briefly sprinkle over the conference championship games. Uh, I mean, that is kind of older news, but so what, um, so what? Yeah. We're talking about it. We're talking about it. Um, for those who may not be aware, if If you've
1: been living under a rock, anxiously waiting for heavy hitters is your only source of information. Um,
0: (laughs) chiefs and 49ers is the super
1: bowl.
2: Uh,
0: we'll, we'll talk about it. Oh my goodness. The Ravens. Where, where do we begin with Baltimore? Maybe, maybe the fact that they only ran it six times with the running backs. I mean, my God, how do that you do that? atrocious. A team who led the NFL in rushing attempts on the season did not run the football. That's atrocious. Um, Lamar, he caught a pass.
1: The defense also caught a pass at a crucial time. <laughs> he, uh, he had a weird game. He had a weird game. First half of this game, I thought, was highly entertaining. Uh, it was, what, 17-7 to at halftime, uh, and then the Chiefs just locked down the Ravens. I don't think anyone scored in the second half except for that field goal by the Ravens, right? Final yeah. score, was 17-10. And uh, wow, wow, just offensive ineptitude from the Baltimore Ravens all the way through this game, man. They just kept getting in their own way. Zay Flowers fumbles at the one-yard line. It uh, That went through the end zone for a touchback, right? Uh, yes yeah so that was a turnover the interception in the end zone by Lamar so they were driving the ball a couple times in the second half and they just couldn't get it done this is what we're coming to be accustomed to with the Ravens choking in the playoffs they got to the AFC championship this time first time in history they were hosting it and uh, just to fall flat like that only put up 10 points it's
0: got to be really disturbing for the Baltimore fan base for sure, I mean this is the this is the team. Everyone was saying this is the group who's going to get to the Super Bowl, who you know could most certainly get there and win it all, and, and they they fell short due to a horrible game plan, um, both on I think Lamar Jackson, Todd Munkin's part uh, offensively. The defense is not to blame. You hold Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to seventeen points, uh, and you lose the football game. Most certainly, that is not on your defense. The offense didn't come to play. It was a horrific showing, and that's why their season ended. Correct. Uh, a game before they would have liked. I thought there was a severe lack of Isaiah Likely in this game uh, throughout a lot of it,
1: especially the first half. Uh, I, I think the tight ends as a whole weren't used properly, and the receivers are what they are with Baltimore. They're the best Lamar's had to work with, but they're not
0: by any means elite, elite receivers, and we got our first call here. Give me one second, Jack. Uh, to build on that point, though, I mean, Lamar dropped back on 82% of their offensive place. I mean, I, I don't get the strategy there. I don't understand... Their strategy from the Ravens. We're not going to spend too, too much time talking about this. We have a lot more to talk about here today. Uh, but we're going to get a message from our first caller. Who are we talking to first early on in heavy hitters? It's the one and only Reuben, Jack. Reuben, welcome to the show. How we doing? Oh,
2: I've had better days. Trust me, son. I've had better days. Let me tell you. I'm done with football. I'm done. I'm just... Done. I have a new theory on life. New theory on on football. I'm going to start rooting for the teams that totally stink, and then I don't. I won't be depressed if they if they actually do good. I'll be surprised, but if they stink, I won't care. And so next year, I'm rooting for the Panthers. Yes. And the Cardinals. Let's go. Join
1: the Panthers bandwagon, Ruben.
2: I love there you this. Go. And let me tell you something. If I do have to root for somebody with this uh, stinking Super Bowl, whatever, I, I guess. I'll, uh, man, this is a tough one, but I guess I'll go for the Chiefs. No, I do like that. That I do like that. Tanya Swift or whatever her name is. She's from Berks County, and she's dating one of the Kelsey brothers. And she's—I I, I gotta admit—she's a little bit. You know, she's 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 cute. So I, I like her. She's okay. So I'm gonna root for the Chiefs. That's just between you and me.
3: But other than that, I'm done. Next year, it's Panthers
1: all the way, baby. Panthers all the way. <laughs> I love this. Roob, what happened? You were so confident in 49-2. to What went wrong?
2: Well, there's a lot of things I'm confident in, boy, and it just it doesn't always come to fruition. So, yeah, I, you know, like, for example, uh, in, in a couple minutes, I'm going to go play bingo at the activity room, and I'm confident that I'm going to win, but I'm probably going to lose because that's just me. I just have no luck anymore. So, I don't know. They just didn't show up last week. They just didn't show up, but, you yeah, whatever. Go Panthers. And oh, Hold on a second. Somebody's knocking on my door. Oh, yeah, it's the nurse. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Bingo, bingo. Yeah, I know. I'm coming to bingo. Uh, who am I talking to? I'm talking to that Marshall Hyman, John Smirky on the Heavy Show. Yeah. Okay, I'll be down in a minute. All right, I gotta on? go, guys, because they're telling me it's time for the uh, for the bingo. Wish me luck. Hopefully, I do better than the Ravens. All go
0: right, more, we love you, Rube. Get some wins. Keep in pounding. Bingo. Right, go Panthers. Oh my I'm goodness. All right. Oh my goodness! That was all over the place. And Keep that pounding. That was that was
1: magical. That
0: was so from I, the heavy show.
1: I don't mean to speculate, but I didn't hear no nurse.
0: I oh think, my goodness! I think
1: Ruben just wanted to hang up with us. Oh, oh my goodness! Was, what is going on? I'm talking to from the heavy show. Rebrand the heavy show. Oh Marshall Smedley. <laughs>
0: No, uh, I thought he was like Marshall Hyman and, and John Smedley. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't have to listen back to that. <laughs> that
1: was radio gold right there. Oh, that, that was, was beautiful. That was beautiful, man. Oh. Um, welcome to the Panthers. I mean, let's go. That's awesome. Me and Ruben, Panthers fans in a sea of green out here. That's amazing. But, I mean, they didn't show up. Bingo. They did not show up on Sunday, those Ravens. The Chiefs, on the other hand, <laughs> trying to rein it in. How about Tanya Swift?
0: <laughs> yeah, Tanya Swift. <laughs> That's awesome. I
1: should have asked Rubooder uh what the favorite uh, Tanya Swift song is. But um Where did we leave off? <laughs>
0: Chiefs. I'm just so trying all over to rein it right back now. in.
1: The Chiefs are headed to the Super Bowl for the fourth time in five years. Boring. They're the new Patriots, Jack. I think we can officially say they're the new dynasty in the NFL. Uh, when everything was against them this year. They didn't have the offense, the weapons that they typically had. Protection was an issue. Uh, they had a good defense, probably the best defense Mahomes has ever worked with this year. But you wondered if he was going to be able to be a one-man show with Travis Kelsey, I guess a two-man show, on that offense. And it's, it's worked. It's gotten them to a Super Bowl. And a lot of people are predicting them to win that Super Bowl. So um, It's a rematch of four years ago, oddly enough. Last time there was a presidential election in America. Chiefs 49ers, Chiefs 1. Uh, we'll see uh, We'll see what this year has in store. I'm sure we'll talk about it next week. But what did you see from the Chiefs' perspective? Like you said, the offense didn't do too much. 17 points. Defense, uh, with some helpful mistakes from the Ravens, held them to 10. Um, anything you were particularly impressed by, uh, by the Chiefs?
0: Um, I love the way the defense played as, as a whole, especially that secondary. I want to lock it in. I mean, LeJarius yeah. Sneed... You know that big time play after the huge catch by Flowers. He gets the taunting penalty, and then he punches that ball out right at the goal line. That that completely flipped that game. If Flowers gets in the end zone, it's it's a whole totally new, game. new ball game. Totally new. Say ball Flowers game. is an idiot. Yeah, that was pretty. You can't dumb. take that penalty. No, you can't. No, you can't. Yeah, um, and the Ravens, they just fell right into the Chiefs' trap. I mean, that's exactly. What the Chiefs wanted them to do is attack their secondary all day long and they knew they wouldn't get beat because of how many quality players are back there. This is another Steve Spagnuolo masterclass is dialing up blitzes, getting pressure, getting to Lamar, not letting him use his legs too often, not letting not letting him get comfortable in that pocket and that that's the recipe, man. If you get some early pressure on Lamar and throw him off his game, it is going to be tough sledding for Ravens offense the rest of the day and they just... Completely abandoned the run game. It made no sense. Uh, The game plan was horrible. That's kind of all I got in this game. Chiefs win. They're back to the Super Bowl. Four times in five years, only the third team to ever do it.
1: He was dodging pressure. I mean, from the jump. Even the one touchdown the Ravens scored was maybe the best play I've seen by a quarterback all year. Oh, yeah. Just scrambling around. Unbelievable. And they
0: just... Heaves it up to Flowers in the end zone who beats Nick Bolton, the linebacker. Not sure why. <laughs> Flowers is being covered by a linebacker, but I That's digress. a Spaggs masterclass, man. <laughs> I mean, that was the lone play where it's like, well, the Chiefs defense got cooked there, but yeah. not much after that. I mean, uh, I, I don't know. For If I'm a Ravens fan, i got to be super frustrated still to this point. I mean, Absolutely. This is one you're not going to get over quickly. No, that this is going to sting for a little while. Uh, probably the best roster they've
1: had in quite some time, and it falls flat like this. Uh, Lamar just can't do it in the playoffs. I don't understand what's going on with no. him, but, uh... Two and four record, I believe? Um, is he two and four? Has he made it four times? Wow. Yeah, the loss to the Lost Bengals, the right? Forgot about the one. Did they beat the Bengals? I don't think... Who recovered that from... That ball's live! Uh, remember Mike Tirico with that, like, 98-yard touchdown? Um... That was uh, that was just last year. It was Bengals Ravens. Who won that game? I believe. I I believe. Cincy. Yeah, yeah. So the Ravens lost that one. They lost. They went one and one this year. Lost, lost Tennessee. Twenty nineteen. Oh yeah, that was ugly. And in twenty twenty, they were in the playoffs, I believe. Beat Tennessee and then lost to Kansas City.
0: Question mark.
1: Probably. Uh, that adds up, but. I, I, I don't know.
0: I'm not, I'm not well-versed i am not in uh, Baltimore history. All I know is he's well under 500 uh, and has not performed well. That's Lamar Jackson. So. Correct. Uh, I do have a message with the Karen Notebook real quick before we get back into it. Um, attention to KU students. Did you know undergraduate research and creativity gives you many of the resources needed to publish and present your work at regional, national, or international levels? To learn more, please visit www.kutestown.eu forward slash UGRC. You can also stay up to date on conferences and publication opportunities by following UGRC on Instagram at UGRC underscore KU. This message of community interest brought to you by the ready voice of Kutstan University, KUR. All right, we got a lot of coaching hires to talk about here today, so we're going to quickly fly through our recap of the Lions and 49ers that we would have loved to get to on Monday. Unfortunately, I was out, um, you know, recovering from the stomach. How dare you? How dare you fall ill? Um... Apparently we've gotten word that our phone line is is not I'll fix that. working at this moment in time. Um so while Smedley gets on that, we're gonna we're gonna transition to I'm the technician. NFC side of things. Call uh, me Verizon up in here. <laughs> well, Detroit choked it away. I mean you want to talk about a choke job, Lions, man. They had it. I mean, wow. Holy smokes. Talk about a tale of two halves, right? I mean, the first half the Lions are just playing bully ball. It was twenty four to seven at halftime. Physically dominating Detroit. Physically dominating, uh, no, excuse me. Physically dominating the 49ers were Detroit uh, on the ground. They were gashing them. Um, so we're gonna get word from our second. Before caller, we continue
1: breaking down Detroit, who you, we got? Who uh, we to? John from Schnecksville. Oh
3: this guy. What's going on, fellas? What up, fool? How we doing? How you guys doing today? I'm all Fantastic. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'll tell you what. This better is than exactly I what I'm gonna do. Since Ruben seems to be striking out across the board <laughs> with his eagles. And then with the Ravens, I'm going to bet on the opposite side of Ruben. So I'm going 49ers all day, every day. Nice. And I'll tell you what, can we stop with the Lamar Jackson for MVP discussion? Anytime the screws get tight, the pressure's on, the guy folds like a cheap suit. It's, uh, listen, we all know what happened. Andy Reid called up Mike Tomlin and said, yo, how do, you, how do you guys beat this team all the time? And Mike's like, don't worry, Andy, I got you. This is what you need to do. All right? So listen, here's the thing. I would love to see Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey, along with the rest of that very talented 49ers squad, win the Super Bowl. How cool of a story would it be for Mr. Irrelevant to beat Patty Mahomes and the rest of that crew for, uh, for a Super Bowl victory? That would be incredible. I look forward to your guys' thoughts. And uh, the, only, the last thing I'll say is this, is that, yeah, the Chiefs defense is much improved. That's how they got to the Super Bowl, not on the arm of Patrick Mahomes. But I'll tell you what, this is going to be one of the most talented, skilled position player teams they face. Curious to hear your thoughts. I never thought I'd say these words. Go Niners. Later, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate the call, as always. Great call. Um, Avidly disagree with that. I'll get to it in a little bit. We will get there. But um, I
1: like his his thought process, right? If Rube is uh, bringing the bad luck to one side, he might have to bounce to the other. So, uh, you know. I can't stand Brock Purdy. I don't think that's any secret. I love Christian McCaffrey so I am riding with the nuts. I, I don't know why dude like
0: I, I don't understand the hate to this guy because I I, I I don't really like don't. I don't
1: dislike him personally.
0: I dislike he's so good no he's not he's you dislike, an average okay, quarterback okay, let let let's rephrase he's overrated your distaste you hate the narratives around Brock Purdy completely you I, don't, hate, you don't I hate I hate hearing his name you don't actually hate Brock Purdy himself
1: No, he I'm sure he's a nice dude.
0: So, yeah, I'm sure yeah. he's fine. No, I just can't I've
1: stand... I've never seen a
0: more underdog story, though, get hated by so many people.
1: Because he's not an underdog. When oh you're my throwing God. to Christian McCaffrey, Devo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, you're not an underdog anymore. It's expected that you do something with that. That's expected. He's not an underdog. If he was throwing to Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Quez Watkins... And uh, give me a terrible tight end. Who's a terrible tight end?
0: Mm. Ooh.
1: And Jack Stoll. (laughs) (laughs) Tucker Craft. I thought you were going to say Tucker Carlson for a second. Uh, And Tucker Craft, yeah. If he's thrown to those guys, then it'd be impressive if he got to a Super Bowl. No, this was expected. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Just dropped the Jack's lid my brain. throwing things. <laughs> he got fired up. <laughs> this is up. making me crazy. Yeah. All right. Um, no, he's
0: not He's not an underdog. So Boring. We've actually reached time for a first break here on Heavy Hitters. When we come back, we will give our quick, quick recap of the Lions and 49ers. We have a lot of coaching hires in the NFL to talk about. Uh, and then we'll move on to MLB. All that and more on Heavy Hitters when we, when we come back on the radio voice of Kutztown University. K K.O.R. Kutztown.
1: Welcome back into Heavy Hitters. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heim, and I'm not laughing. You are. Um, it's okay to have <laughs> it's fun. Awesome. Oh my goodness, we have a great sound system going. Regs, right yes. <laughs> if you can hear us over in your office, uh, we might want to investigate the the headphone audio. <laughs> this is I don't know how it's coming through, but wow. You're back uh, with us. <laughs> We're talking all things NFL right now. Recapping championship weekend real quick. We'll get into the coaching hires after that, and then stay tuned. We'll jump to MLB, uh, college hoops, a plethora of things on the docket today. So love that. Yeah, it's a good word. It's a very uh, robust agenda today. That is my favorite word, by the way. Robust, best word in the dictionary. So the Lions up twenty four to seven, looking like they were on their way to their first Super Bowl appearance. And then they weren't. It all came crashing down, like the motor vehicle industry in Detroit all those decades ago. It got shipped out of town to San Francisco, where all of the joy in the world would be had in the second half. Wait, that's where the motor industry went. The motor vehicle, not not to San Fran, but it just got uh, exported out of Detroit. That's more what I was going for. I don't. I, I don't think San Fran is a large exporter of uh, of automobiles. So, I don't know why I said motor vehicle industry. That's, it's more automobile. Really, I'm not uh, – I don't really know what I'm saying because Ford Field, with their big watch party, uh, they got very quiet in the second half watching a – what was it? How many points unanswered was it? 23? 24 hmm? points unanswered by the Niners that they put Oh, up? yeah, yeah. And, uh, oh, my goodness. Dan Campbell is absolutely to blame for this Detroit loss. Oh, I am not to blame.
0: Okay, see, that's the popular point. And sure, some of the blame should go to Dan Campbell. He was up
1: 14, a chance to make it a three-score game, and he
0: chose not to. Josh Reynolds has two key drops. Terrible. Both on third down, mind you. Correct. That ended their drives. Yeah, If he catches one of those two footballs, it could be a completely different result. Now, you can't statistically or factually prove that. There's nothing like... You can't say, "Well, if he does that, it leads to that." Um, it's a counterfactual, but but It's counterfactual. <laughs> it would be strongly, imp- it would have strongly, I think, altered the result if he catches those two plays that that go to him. I you mean, just catch him, just catch Aguilar. the football, just catch the football, man. <laughs> How about the game Nelson Aguilar had on Sunday? <laughs> that was nice. He was that was the, refreshing. He was in a uh, he was in a conference championship game. That's unbelievable.
1: That was his second. It's unbelievable. That's his second conference title game. He's one and one. Yeah. He's he's better than Lamar. <laughs> he won a Super Bowl. He did. Nelson Aguilar
0: won a Super Bowl. <laughs> that's awful. That is so bad. He actually wasn't terrible on that team. Uh he wasn't terrible that one year. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's what I'm saying. Every on that team. No. Oh, oh! Just on the 27th? No, on the Eagles, he was absolutely atrocious. As oh a whole. yeah, yeah. I meant on that specific Dude, year. Dude, there was an apartment fire, and the guy that saved the innocent children on the news took a shot at Nelson Aguilar. That's how
0: bad it got. <laughs> yes. What was that? What do you mean? What was that? Why are you throwing
1: <laughs> things at me? <laughs> I didn't catch it, like Aguilar. Yeah, I see. Whatever. So. Um. No. So. Josh Reynolds, I completely agree with what you're saying. Uh, but I, I think the strategic moves by Dan Campbell, I mean, you could have made it a 17-point game. That's an entire another drive that you put between yourself and San Francisco. Uh, I, I completely don't understand the logic. At that point, you were trading field goals with them. Look, right? It was a 17-point lead. San Fran scored three on their opening address. They got very far down the field, mind you. They could have gotten a touchdown. They score three, and then you have a chance to erase... The drive that they just put up. That's demoralizing to a squad. But instead, they stop you on fourth down and go, hold up, hold up, we're a touchdown away from being, you know, seven points out of this game. That's a severe difference. You could have still felt a mile ahead of them. Instead, it gave them the hope. And once you give the 49ers hope, I mean, I'm sorry. There's nothing you're going to do to regain control. Oh, Um, Oh,
0: by the way, no, one of those Josh Reynolds drops was on fourth down.
1: Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: it was on fourth down. Uh, Look, still, you don't risk that as Dan Campbell. You don't risk a mistake like that. Take the three points. Take take the three. They've been doing it all year. I know. It's his identity. It's worked. It's got them to the conference championship game. As much as you can disagree with it, that's just his ideology. Um. Anyway, there's a lot of there's a lot of key plays that aren't this is on not Dan Detroit, Campbell. man. This is the Super Bowl. Look, this is there's a lot more plays in this game that are not on Dan Campbell. How about that play where the safety fails to catch an interception and Brandon that Adu upset me. It? This upset the hell out of me because this goes to my point that Brock Purdy is not
1: that good. He throws an interception. It bounces off the face mask and. Next thing you know, Brock Purdy gets credit for a 51-yard pass? Hell no! Yeah, hell no!
0: That's on Dan Campbell. No! How about Jameer Gibbs lining up on the wrong side? Goff having to readjust to snap it to him, and then Gibbs fumbles. That's not on. That's not on Dan Campbell either. Well, a we, lot. A lot of these. We don't players, know which
1: side he was. We don't know who messed up on that play. It was either Goff. It or was Gibbs. Gibbs.
0: Probably. Clearly, Gibbs. You could tell the the awkward exchange from Goff. He was not expecting Gibbs to be where Maybe Gibbs that's though, so Goff's fault. Maybe him. Goff forgot what play he called. <laughs> I, I doubt the quarterback of the team in the NFC title game just forgot what side No, no. no. Maybe he is. thought
1: that when he calls, you know, Wing hero, wing hero. Maybe he thinks that that means Gibbs is on
0: his 33 right. Bronco. <laughs> I don't
3: know. Philly why. special.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, look, that I was know. actually a really good Nick Foles impression. The, the Lions combination you could say of, of, of questionable coaching moves and player mistakes led to their downfall in this game but there's a positive we'll talk about it coming up very shortly there is i i think so mm. could it be a Not to this special season. someone staying in town yeah okay couples two uh two special people staying in town Ooh. so um anything else you got on these two games or are we gonna move on um i'm just so disappointed it's gonna be this
1: boring of a super have we had this
0: boring of a matchup in a while I have not I can't remember a match if I was this uninterested. Yeah, I'm just not interested. It's like
1: <sighs> here's a problem. Everyone not like a big NFL fan is interested in the
2: It's Taylor Swift, it's the Chiefs. Like yeah. they're the
1: flashy team. It almost feels rigged to get them there. Not saying it is. It almost feels like the is just trying to outsource to other markets. Trying to bring in other viewers, but can we just not? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just not interested. I'm rooting for the Niners because of Christian McCaffrey. I love McCaffrey. I'd love to see him get a Super Bowl. I'd love to see him have a Super Bowl winning touchdown. Could you imagine? Oh, my goodness. But, uh, actually, is he okay? I know that Mitchell came in at the end of that game.
0: I haven't um, heard anything. I don't think so. I mean, I haven't heard anything. I don't think anything's yeah. crazy there. So he should be good. Um,. All right, um, let's let's keep mo- moving here. NFL talk in terms of coaching. Now, coaching. by the way, happy Groundhog's Day. Oh, stop it! Very special holiday. Thank God he's predicting an early
1: spring. I was getting worried there, but Punxsutawney Phil's got my back.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be putting all your eggs in one basket there.
1: Yeah, you know what Groundhog's Day is, right? He doesn't just voluntarily come out of his hole on every uh, on the on the same day every year. You he know doesn't? what they do? <laughs> Kidding. Okay, I was going to say, do you not know how this went? No. (laughs) They got a million cameras and people around him, and they just reach in and grab him and pull him out and stick him on the ground. No wonder he runs back in all the time. He's scared. He just got attacked in his own home. (laughs) It's not a fair experiment. Um,
0: anyway... (laughs) Anyway, this when you so stupid when you put it like that, uh, he didn't see his shadow probably because you blindfolded him or something. I don't know. By the way, he's only got a 39% success rate. That's it, to, according according <laughs> to like Ruben inside picking sources. football teams. So, oh anyway, I digress on that. I just wanted to say, I'll that take any, any sign for an early spring. I can get, I hate the cold. Yeah, I hate not, it. Not I just I can't stand it anymore. All right, um, let's move on to coaching carousel talk here. Let's go up to Seattle, Mike. We've interrupted our NFL talk for Groundhog's Day. It's it's the day, you know. Stop, stop. The day. stop. <laughs> punks and Tony Phil's a legend. No, he's not. <laughs> All my homies hate punks and Tony and, Phil. Induct him into the Holiday Hall of Fame.
2: No, <laughs> absolutely not.
0: <laughs> absolutely not. Oh
2: my god, no. I can't.
0: No. Oh, no. He's the mascot of the holiday Yo, of all holiday Quick time.
1: question. Is the Easter Bunny a first ballot holiday <laughs> Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs>
0: Never did I think I'd be talking about this today. <laughs> like, the Santa is clearly the, the GOAT. Oh, yeah. Santa's the
1: GOAT. Uh, but, like, who joins him? Like, who's on that yeah. next? that next Uncle Sam? Right? <laughs> no. Uncle Sam? I think Uncle Sam's pretty high up there. I think that, uh, the no leprechaun? One... Leprechaun? Yeah, you could say. Leprechaun's be the... Yeah. Uh um, Who's the mascot? Cupid of Valentine's Thursday. Day. Yeah, Cupid. Yeah. He's like a second tier mascot, I guess. So,
0: I don't know. All right, let's get back on track here. Jack O'Lantern? <laughs> hey, how you doing? That's me. <laughs> oh rapper. <laughs> <laughs> the turkey for thanksgiving Dude
1: but that's not like a specific <laughs> yeah. turkey
0: you know Yeah
1: Do you know what I'm talking about Yeah It no, has to yeah, be a
0: specific you.
1: person Yeah
0: I don't know I don't know if there's enough candidates here to make Oh there's totally thing. enough Rudolph
1: Like which of the reindeer go in I'd I'd say Rudolph and Donner Blitzen No no He's a, he's the lead at sack sacking the quarterback Blitzen No Yeah can, we're not putting the guy that can bring the heat. Uh, we're know? not putting the guy that the Eagles don't know how to handle in the so. in the Hall of Fame.
0: All right, I love this conversation, yeah. but we have a lot of coaching stuff to talk about. So let's get right into it. Let's delay it no further. Mike McDonald, the new coach of the Seattle Seahawks, they make their hire. Uh, the former Ravens defensive coordinator led the best unit in the league this year, uh, and he will continue to be calling defensive plays uh, in Seattle, taking over for Sneaky Pete. So they go from having one of the oldest coaches in the league to the youngest coach in the league. Yeah, is that the uh, youngest ever or just the youngest current? I believe the youngest current. Yeah, because McVay was younger. Yeah. Yeah, so we got that. Uh, yeah, what, what are your thoughts on McDonald's of the Ravens? Uh,
1: I like it. I like the—you mean to the Seahawks?
0: It was the Seahawks from
1: the Ravens. Yes, yes. correct. Um, I like it. I like having a, def- a defensive mind up there uh, in control of things. I think that's been Seattle's identity for a long time. And I think they have some good pieces still on that defense, so I, I like what they're, uh, I like what they're doing with the coaching. I think they still got to handle the, uh, the offensive situation. I think there's still a lot of work to be done there, and and that's okay because they have a juggernaut in their division. They're not winning the division uh, anytime in the immediate future. So I yeah. like it. I
0: think it's a, it's a building block move. Yes, agreed. Um, whew. I like it. I you just got to fill in the right piece offensively, like you said, but it's specifically with the coaching. They also have to figure out the quarterback situation. That's yeah, that's what I was alluding to. They got so. real problems on offense. All right, let's go to the NFC East. Commanders hire Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn uh. as their next head coach. Quinn formerly spent time as the Falcons head coach, uh, most famously known for his twenty-eight-three choke job. That's awesome. The Super Bowl. Uh, Cowboys have been one of the better defenses in the league the last few years under Quinn's guidance. Um, really interesting hire. Really,
2: they gave up.
1: Over 40 to the Packers. I mean, as a whole. In the playoffs. Yes. I mean. He didn't have them prepared to step off the bus. So. Give me a break. This I don't, guy's awful. I, don't, I, don't, I do not I don't. love this hire at no, all. No. No. He's terrible. Um, you but, were talk about can't play in big moments.
0: Oh, my goodness. We shall see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, we will. <laughs> Probably not good. I'm
1: very excited. <laughs> Playing him twice a year. Yeah, exactly. So, wow. Oh. How about that expert Where analysis I just gave? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know what to look forward to here if you're, if you're Washington. No,
1: there's never any
0: hope. Never
1: so. any hope. Welcome to. They ben were going to get Ben Johnson <laughs> and they got Dan Quinn.
0: <sighs> wow. Uh, that's funny. Wow. All right. Let's go. Speaking of Ben Johnson, let's take it up to Detroit. Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn going to remain in Detroit for next season as their offensive and defensive coordinators, respectively. Huge news for the Lions because they can essentially run it back with the same coaching staff, and they have ample cap space to be able to add to an already talented roster. They need a, a second wide receiver behind Amon Ross, St. Brown. They need to fill in at, at the linebackers, get some help there. But other than that, this team's in really good shape. Um, They have some decent draft capital to help them continue to get some more young talent in the building. Detroit's in a really good spot. Uh, Going into next year, they should be up there amongst the Super Bowl favorites for sure if they make the right moves. Absolutely. I love the position Detroit is in. Uh, Came up just short. Should have
1: had it. Should have had a Super Bowl appearance. And um, this builds character. This is one of those character-building losses for a team like that. Uh, it's, It's humbling for Dan Campbell. It's humbling for the guys around him. And uh they can keep those guys in the building. That's a a major plus. And like you said, go out and add some more talent. You talked at length about their their secondary not being there uh throughout the course of the season. They can go kind of replenish that sort of flank. And uh obviously, obviously after Josh Reynolds' performance, you gotta get that second receiver. So really excited for the Lions. Think they're in a great position to succeed for the years going forward. Jared Goff, uh see. I mean, had a a real good couple of years now uh, with Detroit. Seems like his career has turned around completely. Um, Really excited to
0: see what the Lions are able to do. Wow. Words. I was going to say, so am I and same here. And I got caught in between. Uh, Yes, I'm also very excited to see where the Lions go from here. Um, I don't think there's been a time where Lions fans have been more optimistic than the present. Um, about their football team—that's a in the crazy thing to say. Years. Though,
1: because like, you just gave up a 17-point lead in the NFC Championship game. It's the most optimistic you've been. Like, that's kind of crazy when you it think is. about
0: it. It is. Shows how starved that city's been for success. Great home field advantage, by the way. Watching that. The yeah, Ford these Field's a ruckus insane. environment. Insane. It is fantastic.
1: Though. I loved watching Lions games this postseason.
0: Underrated sports city, I think, is Detroit for Absolutely sure. Absolutely agree with that. I just think that their teams are teams are so terrible. Bad. I Red mean the wings. Red Wings have a great history, but yeah. in the present they're not good. Red Wings, like the, throughout my life, have been terrible. The the, the Tigers, Pistons. the Pistons. The Pistons are <laughs> the Pistons. Oh my goodness. Outside of two thousand four, they've been a monstrosity to the basketball. The Tigers had a couple of years where they were really, really good. The Red Wings have won a couple of cups in our life. Uh in our lives. Not in my we were watching young. days. Yeah, not not in our watching days. But... Yeah, that's well, that's what I consider my life. Yeah, exactly. So
1: if I wasn't watching sports, I wasn't alive. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but
0: yeah. So I feel like Detroit,
1: Detroit and Philly are really uh, in similar boats, though. Our teams have a couple good years every now and then, but mostly it's
0: just terrible. So, We're just starved for a championship. Yeah, tell me about it. I'm telling you about it, buddy. I'm right there with you. Baseball and hockey make
1: me—it's brutal. You gotta—you gotta be questioning your your sanity at this point.
0: Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so it's rough. I can't wait I've for had, my hockey. I've had one year. <laughs> one. one year. One. One year? One good baseball year, yeah. 2015. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. you thought 2022 well, was... yeah, technically two. Yeah. One, one full good year with, with 2015 because they made it to the World Series. One great regular season in 2022. And it ended in tragedy. So, yeah. A ground ball to,
1: uh, was that Machado? Yep. Yeah. Marte. Starling Marte. I hate him. I can't yeah. stand
0: him. How long was his over. deal for? Two more years. Oof, including this year? Yep. Okay. Tripped Good. out of the box um, yeah. on that play too. So.
1: Dude, I was looking and he was just nowhere like even close to the bag. <laughs> yep. What happened? Yeah. It looked, you know what it looked like? It looked like 2011 Phillies Cardinals when Ryan Howard, yeah, right? That whole thing. That's mm-hmm. what it reminded me of. So,
0: enough of your misery. All right. I'm a victim, too. Well, that is going to take us to our final break of hour number one. When we come back, we will continue to roll through the coaching hires, give our thoughts, uh, and then we will move on. MLB discussion ahead after that on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K.O.R. Kutztown. And welcome back to Heavy Hitters here on the radio voice of Kutztown University, K.O.R. Kutztown. Jack I. Mitchell Smedley rolling through hour number one, talking all things NFL coaching hires. Start off the show by discussing... Our thoughts on the conference championship games from last weekend. Uh, and now we're rolling through the coaching carousel. Given our thoughts, we already discussed uh, Mike McDonald of Seattle, Dan Quinn of Washington, and the coordinators remaining in Detroit. Uh, let's keep trucking along here, though. Raiders hiring former Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury as their offensive coordinator. Uh, Kingsbury burst into the coaching scene by uh, helping develop Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes at his time at Texas Tech. Took the head coaching job at Arizona. And failed to guide them to the playoffs in three of his four seasons um, in the desert. I uh, forgot they even made it once. Yeah, they had that year where they were sick. They started 8-0. Yeah. Uh, and then they completely fell apart. They yep. finished like uh, 11-6 and or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and they lost to the Rams in the wild card round. Absolutely. And then it was the year the Rams made the Super Bowl. I think you're right. 2021. Yeah, because they beat Arizona. Then they went on the road, beat Tampa Bay. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then hosted San Fran. Yep. Yeah, I remember
1: that. Was it San Fran they hosted? Yep. Wow. San Fran's been getting to a lot
0: of NFC Championship games. I know, dude. It's games. been, like, nobody talks about that. They've I they made
1: it, like, almost every year. I know. Since, like, 2019. It's kind of weird when you think about what's going on. Uh, Who was the
0: 2020? Uh, NFC Championship game. Yeah. Tampa and Green Bay. Tampa and Green Bay. Because that was the game where stupid Scotty Miller caught that touchdown oh, against man. Kevin King. Why do you hate that? Why do you why do you call him stupid Scotty Miller? No, no I am more meant that play was stupid. Oh.
1: What? Uh, I, help me out here. There was a Packers-Niners playoff game where there was like a blocked kick. Yeah, blocked punt. Yeah, that the, was recovered the, for the a Niners touchdown. The Niners
0: won like 13 or 10-3. 13-3. Three. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was what like game three, was, that? was that a divisional round? That was yeah, that was okay. divisional.
1: That was before the Rams Niners, right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember that game. I was watching that. Joe Bock like had a stroke on that call. It's
0: blocked. <laughs> and, it, and it's blocked. <laughs> Touchdown for the Niners. I think it was like a who scooped it up and ran it in. <laughs> was it Hafunga? That's crazy. Yeah. It was I thought it was someone like super obscure, like irrelevant. I don't know. It was just someone who had really long hair, and Hafunga's like the only guy on that team that I remember that has like super long hair. Maybe. We'll find the clip over the break. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> Love reminiscing about past NFL playoff games.
1: I do too, man. I really do too. By the way, Chiefs Bills is always so exciting.
0: You know what was one of my favorite matchups? What? Panthers Cardinals. That conference championship game before Carolina lost to Denver. Wow. I don't remember it at all. Oh, I love those teams, man. It was, that was when Cam Newton yeah, was Yeah, obviously elite. Cam Newton. They had, um, oh, Ted Ginn was on that Panthers team. Really? Oh, who was that one receiver? Something, was it like Farrell? Was it Farrell? Farrell Brown? Cooper? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, Could be right with that assessment. That Panthers team was insane. Yeah, that was a nice, that was a nice team. They got destroyed. They did.
1: They got absolutely. Well, it was like,
0: what, 20 to 10? He just got shut down. I thought it was much worse. Wasn't it like mm. 45 to 10? No, no. It wasn't that bad. Wait,
1: wait, wait. That was uh, was, uh, that was Peyton's last game, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, he
0: demolished them. Oh, it wasn't that bad. What, Super Bowl 50? Yeah. I think it was like 23-10. Because that was the what game was where the Cam failed Bowl to get 50. back on the fumble. Let's see.
1: Football 24/10? Oh, twenty four ten. I was wow. one away. Yeah. Dude, way bigger than you thought. <laughs> so. All right. All right. Maybe it wasn't as bad as I thought. Yeah. Uh Denver won or no,
0: did Denver get blitzed? Denver got blitzed by Seattle in the Super Bowl at MetLife Stadium. It yeah. was like fifty two days. That was eight. at MetLife? Yeah. Oh yeah. How it's, do I not remember God, that? The Seahawks crushed. I mean, that game was over in the first quarter. Yeah. Wait. I think they returned the opening kickoff for
1: a time. Is that like the only Super Bowl they hosted, like in an outdoor stadium up north? Yeah, why'd they do that? I want to bring it to Philly, bring the Super Bowl to Philly. Oh, it's forty three eight. Seattle won. Wow, that's crazy. Anyways, way
0: off topic here.
1: Uh coaching hires. Cliff Kingsbury, not a good hire, but the Raiders are also not a good team. So,
0: yeah, they're a weird organization. Um, Antonio Pierce now the full time head coach. Of them, that's a good move. I like that. Uh, yeah, for for the Raiders. Um, let's keep moving on here. A couple of uh East teams. Oh, the Steelers aren't in the East Division, but they're... Eastern time zone. On the Eastern. Yeah, exactly. Um, hiring Arthur Smith as their offensive coordinator. Smith was the offensive coordinator of the Titans before taking the job to become the Falcons head coach. Oof. Uh, main problem that got him fired last year, man, he just tried to get way too creative with the Falcons offense, and it just ended up backfiring. Also could never find the right quarterback. Um, so, well, Thank we'll goodness see. he's going to
1: Pittsburgh, where they have... Fantastic. The best of
0: quarterbacks, right? Pretty much a lateral quarterback situation. A dump truck load of quarterbacks. So probably and honestly, I mean slightly better in Pittsburgh, but You think it's better in Pittsburgh than uh, I think Mason Rudolph's better than Desmond Ritter. I don't know about that. They're pretty close.
1: Mm, yeah, unfortunately they are. <laughs> I, Des- I tried to be told that I mean, Desmond Ritter was a Desmond elite. Ritter's
0: horrible. I mean, no. that guy is terrible. I told you that. Everyone knew that. told everyone that no one... People, picked the Falcons to win the division! Everyone, everyone knew that, uh...
1: You'd be surprised how many people... Can Desmond Ritter figure it out? No, he can't! You know why? Because there's nothing to figure out. He's terrible!
0: This dude is garbage. He's terrible. So... Uh, we do have a message from the KR Notebook first before we get back into it. So, attention to KU community. Want KUR at your event? No problem. Go to www.kursound.edu forward slash KUR. Find live events slash remotes, read the reminders and fill out the form. Our promotional director or an e-board member of KUR will reach out to you as soon as possible. An important reminder about events is that KUR needs at least three weeks notice to even consider your event no exceptions. This message is brought to you by the Ready Voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, rounding out hour number one, talking NFL coaching carousel as we've been doing. Um, any last tidbits about Pittsburgh? We're going to move on to nah, the last couple I got move on. All right, Ravens promoting inside linebackers coach Zach Orr to be their defensive coordinator. Uh, people close to the Ravens organization think this is a fantastic hire or has familiarity with the organization considering he played linebacker for the Ravens on his playing days. Unfortunately for him, uh, had to retire at age 24 uh, for medical reasons. I believe wow. spinal condition. Um, he earned second-team All-Pro honors in the 2016 season as their weak side linebacker. Um alongside C.J. Mosley with those Ravens teams. Um, but now as their defensive coordinator, uh, I think this is a decent move for Baltimore. Keep a guy, I think when you have this good of a defense, you want to keep a familiar face around, uh, bring a guy up within the organization.
1: Sure, and, and if it works, it speaks volumes to your your organization that you can promote from within. Yeah. And uh, and have that sort of homegrown talent. That's really impressive if it works out. So, Not really, uh, it's his first major coaching position, right? So we don't really have uh, a lot of data on this guy. So I'm interested to see what Zach can do.
0: Agreed. Agreed. Um, Last couple, Packers hire former Boston College head coach uh, Jeff Halfley as their defensive coordinator. Uh, people think that this is going to be a really good hire for Green Bay. Uh, Halfley was a phenomenal defensive coordinator at Ohio State before becoming the um, the Boston College head coach, but he is leaving head coaching position at college to become a coordinator at the NFL level. I think that speaks volumes about what coaches are thinking the college game is at this moment in time. Well, because college football sucks. So it is at a crossroads for sure. No, it's always sucked. Yeah, I wouldn't say always, but pretty much always sucked. So anyways, (laughs) we've had this debate too many times. I know. Um, any thoughts on that? I'm sure you're no, familiar not really. with him because you don't really follow college. No, nah, I'm so. not. A,
1: I'm not anxiously watching Boston College
0: games. Yeah, he was mediocre at Boston College. Yeah. Uh, six and six his first season. How did this guy, how's this guy in the league? <laughs> um, six and five in the COVID season, I believe. Wow. Um, three and nine. Oh. Last year. and then move the needle. And this year was seven and six. Oh, by golly. So, not a great four-year span at Boston no, College. No, how
1: did he get it? Never mind.
0: Good luck, Green Bay. So, uh, and last but not least, totally uh, least, Eagles hiring Kellen totally Moore least. as their offensive coordinator. Moore spent time with Dallas and the Los Angeles Chargers in the same role. At, at one point in time, some thought that Kellen Moore was going to be the next, uh, you know, bright young mind in this game and could become a head coach sooner rather than later. That has not been the case, uh, and he will join the Eagles coaching staff as their new. Um, lead offensive mind. I'm sure Mitchie is not happy with this. It's it's just so Cowboys, stupid. Cowboys it's fans are so actually getting get a laugh at Philadelphia for
1: yes. Yeah, it's disgraceful. Like what are we doing? It doesn't help that he's from Dallas, but the fact that his resume is absolutely terrible. The Chargers' offense was terrible. The Cowboys' offense under him was pretty bad.
0: This is bad.
1: This is, this is not, not good. Really, really bad. I'm, it's a terrible resume. He's from Dallas. Like, why would I like this guy? Why would I like this guy? So, after getting the defensive coordinator right with Vic Fangio, it's just so disappointing. <sighs> Moving on.
0: Moving on. Later. <laughs> later. So much later. <laughs> much, uh. much Later. <laughs>
1: It's it's so stupid! Why? Why? Why aren't the Giants firing people? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They should fire everyone. That team didn't work out. How are you feeling as a Giants fan heading into
0: next season? Um, I don't know. I want to see how this draft goes. I mean, it's not going to be the only indicative thing. I was going to say. But, I I don't know. And they're just such a confusing team. They they really are. Yeah, New York sports is uh, at a crossroads. New York sports is just not good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know it's bad when the Knicks are, like, the bright spot of New York sports. Like, like that's how you know it's bad. <laughs> yeah, that's pathetic. How are the Yankees fans doing over there? Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. The Rangers are good. Yeah, well, they were, and now they're falling apart they
2: haven't the been playing. Break.
0: <laughs> yeah, the All-Star week's going on, but before then they were I think 11-12 and 4 in their last uh however many games that is. It's better than the Flyers. So, <laughs> 5 game losing streaks. True. Yippee. Hooray. Uh we got to
1: transition to MLB. You want to talk about uh, what the Mets are doing?
0: Um yeah, I will I will gladly discuss what my New York Mets are doing. Gross. Um whew. Man, do I like this bullpen the Mets are putting together for next year. Man, oh man, oh man! Do I love the assortment of arms that the Mets are putting out in that bullpen? Boring. I, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be one of the strengths of this team next year. It's going to be huge, dude. Why? Like
1: they're not star studded. You know, it's not like you got locked down dudes. They're not.
0: But you should know. You should know. <laughs> I'm well aware. Crafty that guys in, just that eat in the a, Phillies, oh. that, that in a bullpen, and, <laughs> and in a bullpen of all positional groups. In all sport, in all of sports, that you can throw together guys who just don't pop and aren't like the most flashy stars, it just works though. How would I know that? My bullpen never works. You got to the World Series a couple years ago,
1: and we absolutely sucked.
0: Yeah, because you played a juggernaut. I mean, wasn't entirely
1: our bullpen allowed the game to be turned? And I quote. Upside down.
0: Yeah, I mean it's not a smart idea to throw a dead red pitch to Jordan Alvarez, but you know was, I should it was tell that one of the most trying should, moments of my life. I should tell that to Jose Alvarado. Oh my goodness!
3: But, yeah, this game has been turned upside down.
0: Uh, Mets bullpen, as it currently stands, um, a couple of moves made today. I'll discuss those. I'll list the names, uh, and then I will. Go into uh, what what transpired today to make it that way, and this is probably going to roll in hour number two. Yeah, uh, as we're down to our final couple minutes. Uh, Edwin Diaz is back after missing all oh, of last season. No, I totally forgot he wasn't there last season. Yep. Yeah. Oh no. So Diaz is back as our closer. <laughs> I love had a that. major brain fart, dude. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Love having him back. Adam oh, no. has returned. Uh, Brooks Raley is also back after last year. Who's one of our you know main rollover pieces from the bullpen. Uh, Drew Smith as well, but the Mets add Jake Deakman uh, and Shintaro Fujinami. You that added Jake Deakman has happened today. Um, Jorge Lopez was acquired earlier in the offseason. Uh and Phil Bickford lined up to be our long man right now. Well, that doesn't sound like oh, it's going to be some magnificent bullpen. It it really has the potential to be pretty good. Not saying the best in the league, but it could be. I think towards the upper half for sure. Uh, I really like how it's better than having to watch uh, Jeff
1: Hoffman. It's on a regular put together. Basis.
0: Uh, I mean, Fujinami, I want to talk about him first. Absolute gas. I mean, this dude topped off at 102.6 last year uh, with his fastball has a killer sweeper uh, in the eighties, low to mid eighties uh, that he can use his secondary pitch. Still trying to, you know, put together his full arsenal. He's not a complete pitcher, uh but but he's got some good stuff for sure uh, and was much better down the stretch with and there it goes my notes lovely so that's what happens when you have stuff up remotely things can go wrong uh but had a 193 opponent batting average uh down the stretch of last year uh 25.4% k rate uh and a 42.9% ground ball rate so not letting the ball get hit in the air too often um like the signing for Fujinami to the Mets uh, right in the middle of that bullpen. Uh, but that's going to do it for hour number one. When we come back for hour number two, more baseball talk ahead. Um, would love to talk some hockey, but we're at all-star break right now, so not too much is transpiring. Yeah, yeah I, was, uh, I was thinking about that. And got some college basketball talk as well. March Madness is right around the corner, just over a month away. All that and more in hour number two of Heavy Hitters here on KUR. Welcome back to
1: Heavy Hitters. I'm Mitchell Smedley. That's Jack Heine. This is hour number two. Yeah, it is. Of two. Yes, it is. Talking all things MLB off season right now. We covered... Yes, we are. ...the dreadful NFL in our first hour. Yes, we have. If you missed it, have no fear. Our amazing uh, advisor, Rex, he always uh, gets them real quickly uploaded to Spotify. You can check us out. Just search Kutztown University Radio. Yes, you can. You can find a bunch of past episodes of oh, the show. Oh, you bet. Um... I had a little mishap with the water fountain. Oh, I do see that. Drenched my sleeve. (laughs) I do, I do see that. So I was using the water bottle filler, but while doing that, I I was just like tired and I was dozing off and I accidentally leaned my hip against the uh, water fountain. Just so happened to be on the button that you push for the actual fountain part. Oh, my goodness. And so my sleeve was like hanging over holding my water bottle and I'm leaning and then just all over me, all over. I look like a a mess. So. not far from the truth, actually. Anyways, we're talking Mets bullpen. Overrated. Um, the Mets are going to be really bad this year. Okay. They're going to be.
0: No, they're not. No, they're going to get Diaz back. That's, a, that's,
1: a, that's Diaz a is boost. a superstar. Superstar,
3: man.
0: I can't believe I said like it's not like a lot of stars, and then I just, you know, Edwin Diaz <laughs> Edwin is there. Diaz. Yeah, he's good. Uh, but will he be as good
1: coming off his injury? Are you worried about that at all? You no. have to be.
0: No. <laughs> okay. I'm not. You're not? Why? Because I, I think he's been he's he's been confident, man. It took Harper like months after coming back from his injury
1: to
3: be but ready. But
0: he's to been go. out for a year. It's so. different. Like Harper came back, yeah, but he also came back in record time. Which was awesome. Like like Diaz didn't do that. It's two different situations. Like like that's apples to oranges. No, I'm just you know saying, I'm saying it
1: happens with players all the time. Yeah, they I come mean, back, look in, they look in like the back of player. my head, Carson Wentz, in the right? Ba-
0: Carson Wentz. Well, that was also a confidence thing. Could have been. So in the back of my head, yeah, is it? It could it be? Possibly, but I'm not like it's not a concern at the forefront of my mind. Okay. Uh, like there's other parts of this Mets team that I'm yeah. way more concerned about than than Edwin Diaz. What's the one thing you're most league? concerned about? yeah, uh, <laughs> the young the young guys, man. Which uh, ones? Mark Vientos, Brett Beatty, figuring out that third base situation. Yeah, that that is something that is it's going to be a big part of whether the Mets are successful or not this season. If these guys can be, we're not asking them to be elite. We're asking them to be you know serviceable big league hitters, guys who so you can li- put in the lineup every day. And say, yeah, I feel pretty good about where this guy hits. I'm not asking him to put up, you know, batting 300, put up MVP level numbers. I'm asking you to be able to go out there, play every day, uh, and not be a liability. And if that's the case, I think this lineup's good enough to the point where they can get you enough wins to push for a wild card spot. Sure. So, if not, then it's I think we could be in a similar boat as last year. Okay. Right around, that, right around that time. Right. Um, Any
1: other moves you want to talk about before we get into our main
0: uh, topic of
1: discussion for MLB?
0: Two minor things. We'll talk our trade, and then we have a big segment. Oh, how could deal. I forget? Oh, my goodness. Um, Two quick things before we get to that, oh. of course. Theo Epstein back with the Red Sox and roll with the ownership group as a senior advisor with the family sports group. By I'm the sure. way, terrible
1: headline. Terrible headline from uh, I forget which of my apps it was that flashed that across my screen last night. All the headline said was, Epstein back with Red Sox. <laughs> That's not a good headline! <laughs> He's back! <laughs> That's a terrible headline! <laughs> that is awful journalism, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> that is awful journalism. You can't uh, say that! And expect, I mean, it got me to click on it. Oh my goodness clickbait oh my that was the worst tasteful headline i've ever seen
0: ever um A's and giants make a minor trade right in a picture, ross Stripling and cash sent to oakland after prospect jonah cox in return to the giants so <laughs> that's his name that now is the, his name now the giants cox poised for a great season <laughs> oh my goodness all right Let's talk about the main move that happened in Major League Baseball. (laughs) Oh, my God. Smedley is losing it over there. Tyrell Williams. He beats.
2: (laughs) You can say it.
0: Tyrell Williams. He beats Cox.
1: (laughs) I love Kevin Harlan, man. It's not what he says. It's how he says it, man. He was
0: so yeah, <laughs> I think Tyra Williams is out of the league I think both those guys are out of the league No, Fletcher Cox No, it was not Fletcher Cox I don't know who it was <laughs> He's against the Chargers Yeah, I know
1: <laughs> yeah, um, You can't beat a defensive lineman if you're a defensive lineman
0: Yeah Anyway um, Wait, okay, never mind I was going to go back to what you just said But I am not <laughs> What? You can't beat a defensive lineman if you are a defensive lineman You never paired up against a defensive lineman. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Am I wrong? No, no, no. You're going to
1: look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? No. She wore a crown and she came down in a bubble, dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's the Wicked Witch of the East,
1: bro. (laughs) Dude, that over Kyle Schwarber's, like, tantrum, still one of the funniest videos I've seen. Oh, my.
2: Hold up, hold up, hold up. Her sister was a witch.
0: Anyways. All right. Let's go to Baltimore. New ownership, by the way. Congrats to Orioles fans. John Angelos sells the team. Absolutely. For, for $1.3 billion to a couple of private equity uh, billionaires. Um, I, I want to look up and see if this is right, just so confirming all of my details Elon here. Elon Musk. Uh, no. Yeah. John P. Angelos agrees to sell the Orioles uh, to David Rubenstein. Um, Rube. for one point seven two five billion dollars, um, some interesting names are along with that ownership group, uh, including Cal Ripken Jr. Wow, uh, I believe Michael Bloomberg, the former New York City mayor, <laughs> is part of that group of people. Former presidential candidate. Um, yeah, who's the other name? Somebody else, I forget. That's crazy. Um, oh, um, oh, what was his name? I don't know. Jack played in the NBA. Grant is Grant Hill. Let me see. Anyways, uh,
1: new ownership wasting no time. Yes, it is. I was right. Nice, Wasting no time and making a
0: splash. Jack, tell them what they've won. Well, yeah, they've wasted little time. They have got the ace of their rotation, at least for the 2024 season. You mean they're not
1: going to be having Kyle Gibson as their number one?
0: Corbin Burns (laughs) traded from the Milwaukee Brewers to the Baltimore Orioles in exchange for shortstop prospect Joey Ortiz. Left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall and the 34th overall pick. Now, if you're confused, yes, you can't trade actual draft picks in the MOB, but in the uh, uh, CBT, you can trade competitive balance picks, and that's what this is. It just happens that the competitive balance round pick uh, happens to be the 34th overall draft pick. Um, So that'll be going to Milwaukee. Uh, They continue their uh, compilation of young prospects and players. Um, Smart move for the Orioles. They have no need for Joey Ortiz. They have like a gazillion shortstops in their system. They already have Gunnar Henderson uh, in the big leagues, they're gonna have they have Jackson Holiday coming through. Uh I mean, my oh my, they have so many middle infield, uh so much middle infield talent uh in this organization already. Um yeah, they 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 did not have any need for Ortiz. Ortiz more known for his defense, flashy defender uh at the shortstop position. Uh still coming along with the bat, uh, but could be a, a valuable piece for Milwaukee moving forward. They have confidence D.L. Hall is going to be able to be a starting pitcher, according to sources that I've seen uh, covering this uh, situation with the trade. Uh, On the Brewers' end of uh, the package, um, Hall has that kind of profile. The Orioles wanted to be a reliever, but the Brewers think they can get a starter uh, type of of pitcher out of him. Um, So, yeah, Orioles, fantastic trade. I mean, they pretty much hemorrhaged none of their farm system in terms of the top-level talent. It's an unbelievable to get this trade get. done, right? Yeah. like it's incredible. I thought the package would be way bigger for Burns. Right, you would think. And yes, maybe it's because the rental it's a little bit lower, but my oh my, a dazzling trade for the Orioles. This rotation is marvelous. They have Burns, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez. Those two guys, Bradish and Rodriguez, were dazzling at the end of last year. Um, whew, Dean Kramer there. The, the Orioles are in a fantastic position with the rotation. I think there's no doubt in my mind with this move now that they have to be not just the favorites in the AL East, but maybe the favorites in all of the American League.
1: I, I would agree. I, I saw a headline today that they were, in fact, the favorites in the AL um, as a whole. So really impressed with this. Like you said, gave up basically nothing, got Corbin Burns, and uh, very excited to see him on such a talented team, team that uh, had a tremendous regular season, but uh, flamed out in the division around their first round of the playoffs because they had the bye. And, uh, you know, you had to make a splash to keep the fans on board after such a disaster. And they did that with this move.
0: Yeah, Got swept by the World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Uh, Before we get back to our MLB discussion, we do have a message from the KOR Notebook. Attention to KU community. Monday, February 5th at 2 p.m., faculty, staff, and students are invited to stop by with President Hawkinson during his open hour at 301 Stratton Administration Center. President Hawkinson welcomes any thoughts, concerns, or suggestions regarding KU. If this sounds interesting and you plan on stopping by, please call the office of the president, 610-683-4101 to RSVP. This message of community interest is brought to you by the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR. All right, back here, hour number two of heavy hitters, talking all things baseball. Uh, Talking all things baseball. Nice job, buddy. Did it spill?
1: No. Nice.
3: Well,
0: is on. nice. Um, the lid. But yeah, 22 days till the start of spring training. That's crazy. Actually, technically 20. That's unbelievable. Technically 20 till spring training begins at 22, a whole, for, our 22 for our teams. That's so. three weeks from tomorrow.
1: Yep. Yeah, that wow. is
0: rapidly approaching. I
1: don't like that. That's rapidly really approaching.
0: Hey, we might have to hit up the MLB flagship store in New York City again.
1: Oh, man. I might actually have to buy that Trey Turner shirt this time.
0: Yeah, I got a Pete Alonso shirt last time.
1: Dude, I, have to buy I had the. Mets-wise. Did we tell this story? I had the Trey Turner shirt in my hands. He did. You were tell dude. You were like, dude, go for it, go for it. Could you- that thing would have been like burned in one of my bonfires if I actually bought it <laughs> by by July? <laughs> that yeah. Thing. Oh my goodness. Wow. But Turner's good now. Turner's so. good now. <sighs> Might have to. I don't. Know, everything's so expensive up there. Yeah. I got a. I got a source where I get jerseys half off.
0: It's awesome. Wonder what that source is. Definitely legal. <laughs> I think it is actually. I legal. mean, what I use to get jerseys cheap is legal.
1: Yeah. Uh, what is your site? I gotta use you. You got like three for twenty bucks
0: each. Yeah. Um. Dhgate man. So. Dhgate. Yep. Dhgate. Nice. Dot com. Yes. Nice. So I'll have to check it out. How's the quality? Not a plug. Good. Good quality. Nice. Wore them to Pittsburgh last year. Really. So. Yep. Okay. Wore my Nimmo jersey for Gross. the one game, and I wore my. Uh, me and my cousins did like a, uh, you know, wear like stupid jerseys for a game, be like the confused fans of the game. So I wore a uh, Vladdy Jr. Uh, powder blue Blue Jays jersey to a Mets Pirates game. Uh, my one cousin wore a Kansas City Royals powder blue Bo Jackson jersey, wow. uh, and my other cousin wore a Ken Griffey Jr. Mariners jersey. <laughs> And look at these guys. Yeah, look at these three. <laughs> in from sitting, out of town. <laughs> sitting in the uh mid-level hundred sections of PNC Park in the most random jerseys you could find. I wanna do that now. I wanna oh, do that now. God, it's so funny. It was that was a fantastic trip. Um Yeah, can't can't talk enough about how fun that trip was. Beautiful ballpark, by the way, man. NL Central has some great stadiums. I've only been to one, but everyone who's been to The others that I've seen videos about have said, Gotta go to Wrigley. I gotta go. Yeah, Wrigley's just a classic. Have to get there. My dad went to Wrigley. Nice. A while back um, when he went on a business trip to Chicago. Uh, They went to a Cubs game one night. I think it was Cubs and Nationals. Uh, I think in like 2015 or 16. Yeah.
1: I have hit Fenway. That was nice.
0: Yeah, my cousin went to Fenway. They said it was pretty cool. Yeah, I liked Fenway a lot. Um, Just the history of it, man. Yeah. Yeah, oh dude,
1: we took like a tour as well. All yeah. the history, man, so, so. cool. And yeah, we took uh, a tour
0: of PNC. It was fun. Oh, nice.
1: I hit up Camden Yards.
0: Oh, I, I want hit. to get there. Camden Yards. So it was a nice ballpark. Tickets are probably so expensive now because the Orioles are yeah, really we good. Yeah, dude. We went
1: when they were absolutely like we were driving back from Washington D.C. My mom saw a sign for the Orioles game on the highway. and was like, ah, we should go. And you could get tickets for like five dollars. Yeah, like
0: five dollars because, because they're they were
1: trash. so bad and it was game time. So we just yeah. walk in in like the third inning. <laughs> My sister called them the Oreos the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it was, uh, they were having a giveaway uh, at the door. You know how they do that at games? Yeah. So we got a uh, Baltimore Orioles garden gnome. Wow. Lovely. (laughs) Still have it.
0: I got to keep Ryan Hayes bobblehead.
1: Nice. Oh,
0: you went on bobblehead day? Yeah. Look at you. So that is boxed up in my room, man. Nice. So I, I actually, the night before his bobblehead night, he went five for five against the Mets, like four doubles, dude. Wow. He was he was lacing the ball, man. I mean, the Mets got rocked that game, so that was unfortunate. But yeah, to just see a big league hitter just rip line drive after line drive like that, it's like wow, it's like damn. Like every one of those balls was just scorched. so impressive, scorched, dude. He hit like four laser beam doubles. It was incredible. I've also hit up Coors and Petco. Oh, what, dude? You've been to like you've been to a lot of good stadiums, man. Coors is sick. Yeah, Coors is
1: where I met Jonathan Papelbon. Papelbon yeah. yeah. Coors <laughs> seems a like a crazy
0: story. vibe, man.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's like, it's so odd, right? Like, yeah. you're kind of in like a little bit of like a, you feel like you're in a bar, but you're in a stadium, if that makes any sense. Yeah. At least I do.
0: No, no, that that definitely feels like the correct Like, no one's quiet, you know? Everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, you're oh like, look at
1: this guy! Look him over
0: here! You're, you're like in the middle of the mountains. Anyway. Yeah. Like the middle of the Rocky Mountains, just with a baseball field. Yeah. Petco was not good. Did not like Petco Park. So, you also didn't like San Diego as a whole. Disgusting city. I'm sorry.
1: So, we got to move on to our topic.
0: It's so funny. Well, we've already almost reached our first break. I know. So, we'll just take the first break now. When we come back, we will uh, take a fun little deep dive, giving our early predictions uh, on, on what we think some floors and ceilings could be for... Both of our teams uh, and, uh, and the National League yeah. as a whole. So. I think it should also be uh important to mention I've also hit up Citizens Bank Park. So have I. <laughs> so. On <laughs> yeah. numerous occasions. Can't imagine why. <laughs> uh yeah, I wonder, especially for you. Yeah. Um uh, Saw a no hitter. You did? I can't believe Michael it. Michael Lorenzo. Do all you people. know how hyped I am that I've seen a no hitter? Oh my goodness. Your story about that was even better. <laughs> I think this is what makes it even more. I funny. didn't even know. You had no idea what was happening to like, what, the 7th or 8th inning.
1: Everyone's screaming in, like, the end of the 7th inning. I'm at the top of the section. I'm like, dude, all right, guys, like, I get it. Like, yeah, it's all
0: happy, but can we calm down? Can we tone it down a little bit? <laughs> dude, we're throwing a no-hitter. What are you talking about? I didn't know. <laughs> tone it down. We're throwing a no-no through 7 innings. <laughs> You need to get your energy up. And then I did. And then I couldn't, like, I couldn't
1: breathe for two innings.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. I
1: felt like that pop up was in the air for a year. Oh, man. And then, you know what the thing is? You know what the thing is? It was thrown by Michael Lorenzen. And
0: the final out was caught
1: by. Johan, Johan Rojas. Yeah,
0: that's what I thought. It's like a lazy fly ball to center field, and he just camps under it <laughs> and he catches it. I couldn't believe it. Oh my goodness. Of all people. Gracious. All right, we're gonna step aside. First time in hour number two. When we come back, more baseball talk ahead here on KUR. <laughs> Welcome back to Heavy Hitters on the Radio Voice of Good Standing University, KUR Cutstown. As Mitch said in hour number one, I'm not laughing. You are. <laughs> um... <laughs> It was more directed at you. Oh yeah, I've been laughing for like thirty minutes straight. Oh my goodness! Oh, it's been a fun. This has been a fun, fun, fun show.
1: All right, let's dude. Who's the guy main... that went to? Uh, who's the guy that went to the Giants?
0: Uh, in the trade? Yes, Ross Stripling. No, no. What the one that I just talked about? Yeah. Oh, Jonah Cox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, moving on.
0: All right. Um. Let's get into our main baseball segment here. Let's go to the National League. Kind of give our, our floors and ceiling as it currently stands. Again, this can all change. Still some major free agents out there. Blake Snell. Jordan please Montgomery. bring me Blake Snell. Like, Pla- please. Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery. Oh, uh, who's the other big one? Uh, Tommy Pham still out there. Jorge Soler. Um, Adam Duvall. Adam Duvall's still out there. Just bring me Adam Duvall. Who
1: else? Like, why wouldn't the Phillies go get him? Like, why? we're one more big one. Uh
0: pitcher, bullpen pitcher, I think. I don't know. Hater don't know signed. Talking. Yeah, Hater signed. I, it's blanking me. Yeah, it's blanking. But the two me big starters too. are still out there. So, um, I digress. Let's get into Let's start in the NL East, man. Let's go top to bottom from standings in order of last year. Okay. Uh, let's start with the Atlanta Braves at the top. I mean, what? there's a world where they finish fifth in their division. <laughs> what's what's the floor of this team?
1: Uh I'd say the floor is second place in the division. Wild card
0: Do you have any appearance. like win total ideas?
1: Yeah. I think minimum 90 wins.
0: Yeah. I'd say floor 90, ceiling 103.
1: Oh man. Nah, um, no. I'm
0: gonna go ceiling one oh seven. I was thinking one oh seven. I'm gonna say one oh six. That's what's my that's what my gut's telling me. Yeah. So go um, floor ninety, ceiling one oh seven.
1: That's a lot of wins.
0: I don't like the Braves. No, me neither. Hot take.
1: Not a me fan neither. of the Braves.
0: Me neither. I couldn't even enjoy them losing in the last in the playoffs last year because they've lost to the stupid Phillies. <laughs> Two years strong, man. So <laughs> That's gonna be the greatest tradition
1: each year. Phillies get second wild card, Braves win the division, a million wins, right, and we just beat them in four. It's been fun, (sighs) dude. Is it not creepy though? The six run bottom of the third in Game Three, both years in a row.
0: Yeah, that's so weird. Oh, it's (laughs) because Bryce Elder. (laughs) Oh, Brian Sticker. One of the years, then it was, uh, then it was uh, Strider the first year. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right, let's go to the Phillies here. They're so interesting, man. Floor, I'm going 80. I don't think there's like much of a difference between the floor and ceiling here. I think sure there's like a small gap. Sure, there is. I think the floor is 87. No, I think it's a little lower than that. Floor is 83.
1: Yeah. Because here's the thing. Look at the 84. bullpen. The bullpen has injury-prone pitchers. They haven't added to it. Orion Kirkland, we don't know what he is. They don't have Kimbrel. thank God, uh, who actually did pitch a lot of valuable innings at the beginning of last year. I'm not trusting this bullpen. They haven't added anything to it. Starting pitching. Zach Wheeler's getting older. Aaron Nola's re-signed. Yippee. Uh, I think Nola's actually poised for a bounce back. I'll give wow. him that. <laughs> what, what was that? What was that?
0: (laughs) I think he's poised for a bounce back. Wow! (laughs) So Philly fans would be saying if it happened, I don't know if it will. Uh, Ranger, I always have confidence in. But Tyron Walker and uh,
1: Christopher Sanchez? No! I'm not happy with the back end of that. So I I think there's real concerns in the starting pitching. The lineup, I think, uh, you're missing a bat. You're missing one outfield bat and one bench bat. Johan Rojas needs to be excommunicated. (laughs) All right, I can't watch him play anymore. I don't care about the defense. I literally <laughs> do not care.
0: It is... Oh my goodness. He's like going to be your starting center fielder at the start of the year. Dude, it, Johan Rojas
1: having good defense is right up there with like, what's the Dow Jones today for things I just don't care about. Uh, I can't stand watching him play. I can't stand that I have to root for him. And I can't stand that he caught the final ball of a no-hitter. Um... So you need an outfield bat, Adam Duvall. But other than that, this lineup, here's something interesting. The Phillies, with all their stars, we haven't seen their stars all be good at the same time yet, right? Because 2022, Nick Castellanos was historically bad. 2023, Trey Turner was historically bad for most of the year. And Bryce Harper was hurt for most of the year. uh, Or or just incompetent for most of the year. So it really wasn't until August that we saw all of them functioning at such a high level. And do you remember what happened in August? The Phillies went on an absolute tear. So I, I think if all of these guys stay healthy and now they're all comfortable in Philadelphia, I think the Phillies could have a really good offensive year. You add in, I mean, Bryson Stott's growth as a player has just been incredible. Alec Bohm slowly adding power. I think if he takes another small step forward, that's tremendous. Um, I think the Phillies could be in for a really good year. They missed Reese Hoskins last year. They're missing that one more power right-handed bat and I don't understand why Adam Duvall doesn't have a home yet. Yeah, I don't know if it's I, like gonna I, be with it the Phillies. Boggles stuff. my mind. Not sure it's gonna be with the Phillies. It needs to be like that. It, it's too perfect.
0: I don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, oh, did, speaking of, did you see the City Connect leaks? Yeah. What do you thought? What I didn't thoughts? look at it. I can't see. What is it? Um, is it the powder blue and yellow? No, Thank it's God. not powder blue. It's like a. It's like the color of the flag. Of Philadelphia, the city, it's blue. We 80. have a flag. It is blue and yellow, not powder blue, but it's like a, it's like a, like the American dark and flag. It's like dark blue and yellow. Ooh, like the Rams, kind of. Oh,
2: I
1: love the Rams uniforms. What's on it? Like, what's it say? It just says here. Let me pull it up. Yeah, do that. It's
0: been, so
1: is it been blue jersey it. with yellow lettering? Um, quick typing. Uh, I'll just finish what I was saying. So I, I think. This team is destined to add a piece or two. It's not like Dave Dombrowski to literally do nothing. And uh, I think they have some young guys that can come up and, and fill some of these pieces uh, if, if absolutely necessary, which it is. Um, I'm looking at guys like Abel, McGarry. We've been talking about it for three years now, but I think they could finally make their appearances on the big stage. You find it?
0: I did. Yeah, it's like uh, it's a blue jersey... With yellow... Like American flag blue? Like police no. uniform blue? It's a lighter blue that fades into like a darker blue at the bottom. Ooh, a gradient? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Not feeling that. A yellow Nike swoosh with that gradient going to the sleeves. Uh, what? With the lighter blue to the darker blue. Um, and then it has like a patch that says... Uh, love with the Liberty Bell being the O, and then it's like city. I think it's a city of brotherly love. No. Um, I can't read that. It's too small. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much the, la- the long and short of it. Wow. If that's the leak. Does it say, like, Phillies across the chest? It just says Philly.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's kind of fine, I guess. That's that's whatever. Yellow uh, letters the whole the whole way around or white? No, white. Oh,
0: why have the yellow Nike swoosh, then? Is anything else yellow? Um, there's, like, a little, like, stripe on the sleeve <laughs> that's yellow. What um, are we doing? I, I, yeah, not not too much yellow on this jersey. That's weird. We already have the powder blue uniforms. What are we doing? So, Were these worth getting rid of the reds for?
1: Anything. All right. I do like this better than the red ones. Can't stand the red jerseys. Really? I thought oh, these I were hate okay. Them. No. Gross.
0: So, all right. Um. So you gave your floor at eighty three. What's the ceiling for your for your fills?
1: Uh, I as I was saying, I think if they
0: get the pieces
1: like the the surrounding pieces right, even as it stands now, I really think people underestimate the pop that this lineup can bring, the thump, and uh, give me
0: ninety six wins. Wow, that is crazy! I don't think so. That is crazy, dude. Really? You're pushing a hundred? Yeah. Uh, not getting a hundred, but they're pushing. I don't know, man. I'm gonna give you my answer. Similar, similar floor. I gotta at 84 with the floor. Uh, I think. So, for, for the, the record, I have a lower floor than you. So who's you do? crazy now? Well, you have a way higher ceiling. I, I think the floor and ceiling is very close. I think the floor is 84. I think the ceiling is 92 at max. And again, ceiling is everything goes right. Sure. Everything goes right. Floors, everything goes wrong. Ceiling, everything goes right. I think I got an, an 84 at the floor, 92 at the ceiling. It's a realistic everything goes wrong, right? Because, like, you can't predict, like, all of the players exactly. getting hurt, right? Yeah. The realistic, guys slump. Exactly. That's what we're Pitcher saying. Pitcher doesn't live up to expectations, yep. all this. Yeah, all that stuff. Yes. No, like, wow, everybody gets hurt. You get decimated with injuries, and you have to play, like, you know, half a lineup full of AAA players. Yeah, you got to like, have uh, Aaron Altair come back. But, cool. Dude, uh, speaking of, I was going to send you a clip yesterday. Aaron Altair had a home run in, no uh, oh, what was it called? Whatever's going down in Miami right now mm. between... Uh, it's I like think the Seri La Like Caribe, Caribe I don't know. I'm so butchering that. Um But yeah, Aaron Altair at a home run. So it was well, good fun. for Aaron Altair. He's making a comeback. And thanks for sending me the clip. So <laughs> I'll have to go find I it. Feel I feel loved. thought I did. I feel so loved. Oh, it was on Twitter. I thought I sent it to you. Nope. Damn. Aaron Altair's done it. Um Oh, I think I don't know what happened. Actually, I thought <laughs> I had an idea, but I don't, I don't think that's the. I don't think that's the case. All
1: right, let's move on to the Mets. We are uh, slowly. Actually, no, we got to go to the Marlins because the Mets finished worse than the Marlins last
0: year. Yeah, let's go to the Marlins here. Um, yeah, they're taking a step back. I agree. Um, floor. I'm gonna go seventy three. Think that's too low. Seventy three feels right.
1: Uh, seven, seven, good. Yeah, no. Maybe a little
0: higher. Nah, seventy-three feels right. How many did they win last year? Eighty-four, maybe eighty-six. And they lost. Yeah. I'll
1: go seventy-three. It's a floor. It's not where I'm predicting them to land. Jack is deep in thought about
0: the Marlins' floor. <laughs> yes, 84 last year. Their expected win loss was 75 and 87. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 73. I like that number. Yeah, it's a good number. Ceiling. I'm gonna go 81. Yeah, yeah. Definitely take a step back from last year. Give me 83. A couple games above 500. I just don't love this team's lineup. No, I know. They didn't really have. Have they done anything at all? Have I, they made any moves? I don't know. I'm trying to figure that out. Like usually, something rings off the top of my head, but I, I can't think of anything that this team's done. You know, outside of uh, they signed Trey Mancini to a minor league contract. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, Stephen O'Kurt relief pitcher. Just a lot of arbitration. I mean, let me let me go all the way back to offseason. So they brought Josh Bell back, exercise player option. Um, Yeah, they just have not done a whole lot at all. So I can't envision this team getting any better. I think they're going to get worse because they kind of got lucky last year. If you look at it, their expected win loss was 75-87, and 87, and they outperformed that by nine wins. You can't expect a team to get more fortunate, uh, you know, fortunate like that two years in a row. I think it's fair. 73 floor, 81 ceiling. I like that. All right. All right. Let's go to my New York Mets. You take this one, buddy. I'll take the reins, man. <sighs> like the way the bullpen's been crafted. Starting rotation is intriguing. Kodai Sanga is going to be the ace this year. Um, followed by Jose Quintana. Uh Luis Severino's in there. Adrian Hauser. Ugh. Uh Tyler McGill is is in that mix amongst the five. Um do I love it? No. Do I hate it? Also, no. I think it's going to be very mediocre rotation. Um, the lineup, I like a lot of the bats in the lineup. I like Alonzo. I like Nimmo. I like Francisco Alvarez behind the dish. Of course, I like Lindor. Uh, I like McNeil as a versatility guy. Um, I think I think the depth we have with the bench is good. DJ Stewart and Tyron Taylor uh, in, in the outfield is nice. Starling Marte, I'm not sure what to think. It's just such a mixed bag there. Harrison Bader, at the bottom part of the lineup, eh, it's all right. The youngsters at third, interesting to see if if either Beatty or Vientos can can take the leap there. On uh, the other one, falls back into the DH type of role. Um, and did I say Pete already? Alonso, yeah. yes, yeah. Um, of course, Pete's a machine. Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of the bats in the lineup. It's just it's center field with Bader. It's third base. Those are the two positions where I'm like, eh, I'm feeling a little dicey in terms of hitting capacity. Other than that, I, I like the. you bats. like Taylor? I do. Taylor's, he's been, he was sneaky good with the Brewers. Mm. Sneaky good. All right. As a platoon player, he's not going to be like heavily relied upon as an everyday guy. Yeah, I know. He'll be a-, a mix in off the bench, uh, a decent guy. I like it. I like the way Stearns has crafted the edges of this roster. That being said, a floor, I have it at 76. Floor at seventy six for the Mets. I think that feels very right. I feel like that's a a nice number in terms of what the floor could be, uh, similar to last year. If that's if that's the number that hits, what did they end up with last year? Seventy five, I believe. Okay. Um. Yeah, seventy five and eighty seven.
1: Yeah, getting uh, getting that closer back, getting some more bullpen pieces. Yeah, I think it's fair to assume. Uh, the floor is one game above uh, above last year's win total. Yeah, give me seventy six as well. So,
0: uh, and then the, I have my ceiling at eighty six. Um, That's it. What? That's it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I, I don't think this this roster's you know it, it's it's a good roster, but it's not it's not star studded enough to to get me to the point where I'm can say yeah the ceiling's ninety with this team. I think anywhere from that 86 to 88 range for ceiling. I'm going to play it safe, go lower end, 86. Eh, you know, give me 87. 87 feels like a better number. I'll go 76 floor, 87 ceiling. I think 87 would be anywhere from that 85 to 87 range should be good enough for that last wild card, I think, on uh, the NL this year. I do. I think you're wrong. I think you do have some stars. You were miss, you were absent one of your biggest stars
1: last year. Give me 89 as the ceiling for this team. Wow. Yeah, no, I, I like a lot of the... Well, I don't like them, but... A lot of these players in the Mets are good, uh, unfortunately. And everything unwound last. Everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Uh, and that's, you saw the floor last year. I think people forget this was a 101-win team the year prior. So uh, e- these guys have what it takes. They don't have the uh, those pitchers in, in Scherzer. They don't have... Uh, um, why can't I think of Buddy's name? Uh, Verlander? Yeah, Verlander. So... Uh, they don't have those guys anymore. Sanga as your one, yeah. The the pitching staff worries me, but give me eighty nine as as the ceiling if everything does go right for these pitchers and, so. and obviously the hitting you talked about.
0: Yeah, um, look, I don't mean to say it's it's not a star set of roster. When I say star set, I mean there's like stars everywhere, like the Braves. You know what I'm saying? Um, the Mets they have stars for sure. Alonzo Lindor stars. Diaz is a star. Sanga's a star. Yeah, but you know, outside of that, there's a lot of really good players. You have four stars and a lot of really good players. So that that's just why I framed that the way I did. Okay. Um, But we're going to step aside one last time. And today's show, when we come back, we will go deep about the Washington Nationals, give our floor and ceiling there. Uh, and then we'll talk college basketball. We are running a little bit low on time, so not sure we'll be able to get through uh, all the NL today. But I think it's kind of good uh, stretch it out throughout the offseason. Yeah, I like uh, that. And give us some more to talk about uh, in, in our upcoming shows. Um, speaking of upcoming shows, we're going to break. Um, after this... Uh, keep it here for Redneck Rush Hour coming up at 5. Uh, hey! Mitchie Boys Country Show. Yeah. Uh, I love a lot of good country for you there. So that's coming up very soon, uh, just an hour after we sign off the air. But that being said, we'll step aside one final time be back here on Heavy Hitters on the radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR Kutztown. Welcome back in
1: to Heavy Hitters. Mitchell Smedley, Jack Heim, radio voice of Kutztown University, KUR, our final segment of the day. Talking all things MLB. Floor and ceiling. Talked to NFL earlier in the show. We'll get into some college hoops in just a few minutes. Do you mind? Sorry, doing the intro here. Sorry, I like college hoops, man. Yeah, I, I do. I know you do. I love it. That makes one of us. <laughs> like, I just don't. Like, why would someone watch college when they can watch the real thing?
0: No. All right. Okay. Okay. I know I'm passionate about college football, even better than the NFL. I think. Undoubtedly, undoubtedly. No,
1: I'm just messing with you. College is Kay. way better than the NBA. Yeah, only because the NBA thank is mismanaged.
0: The NBA
1: you. should. Thank you. The NBA should be better than college basketball, but it isn't because it focuses on egos and morons and losers. Um, I can't stand the NBA. By the way, Joel Embiid torn meniscus. Ouch. Oh, Sixers are cooked. Oh.
2: Oh.
1: Yeah. So the the 76ers are just, they can never get it right. This was going to (laughs) be the year. No Harding, thank goodness. I was excited to watch the team. What? It's Hardin. I call him Harding. (laughs) Why? Like, I don't, I don't (laughs) know. Hardin just sounds incomplete to me. Incomplete. Sounds like a wrong name. Let's get to the Nationals. Um... 71-91
0: to a year ago. Um, Really? They got over 70. Good for them. Yeah. I think the floor here is 68. 65. 68 with the floor. Ceiling, I'm going to go with 76.
1: Yeah. if they surprise everyone to get 75 wins? No, 76. Yeah, go 76.
0: So, they signed Joey Gallo. Um, G-A-L-L-O. Former Met Robert Gesellman (laughs) there on a minor league contract. Nice. Oh, that's funny. Oh, hey, that's more moves that. than the Phillies. I'm gonna look up their other offseason moves because I haven't been too keen in to on Washington.
1: No, oddly enough, they've flown under my radar.
0: They're they're kind of irrelevant right now. So
1: see ya. Oh wait, that's not them. That's not their announcer. <laughs> Derek. S- oh wait, no, no that was no. still the. <laughs> see you later. You so <laughs> I couldn't think of it. Bad. It's I, so annoying. I
0: hate that.
1: Dude, when uh when the Phillies signed Kyle Schwarber and I went back and watched his 21 highlights. First half was with Washington, second half was with Boston. Oh my. It was only home runs, right? I watched all of his home runs. Just hearing like 25 times
0: in a row. See? Yo, later. I just wanted to rip my ears off. Um Dylan Floro there as a reliever. Juan Yepes, former Cardinal. Ooh, did really? won against the Phils in that wild card. Series. Oh,
1: man, I forgot that's who that was. And then uh, and then the rally in the ninth. Yep. Yepes. yeah. Alex K got so excited for that.
0: See ya! Alex K? What did I say? You mean Michael? Did I say Alex K? Yeah. Wow. Who is Alex K?
3: I, I don't know.
1: Does he know Steve Gannon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: Michael Kay. Oh, uh, my wow. Uh, Alex Kay. That's funny.
1: <laughs> that's not even close.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not even close. It's like what you did with you, Darvish.
1: <laughs> oh, I called him Corbin Burns. Yeah. Yeah, good job on the Orioles signing you, Darvish. <laughs> Uh, why do funny. I do this with na- Steve Gannon has to be the funny because I went like that was like a m- like a month or two that I oh, kept yeah. doing it
0: yeah Steve Gannon Steve Gannon man just some
1: poor author <laughs> what did I do <laughs> <laughs> Steve Gannon you suck it's like what did I do <laughs> in a cosmic sort of way yes <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness is this how you get your sick kicks
0: <sighs> anyways I guess. Yeah, so we covered the Nationals. Um, all right. Let's move it on. Round it out. Uh, got some college basketball talk here. Um wow. We are getting close to March Madness almost a month away from selection Sunday. That is boring. crazy when you think about it. So boring. When do you think about it. No. Um
1: March Madness doesn't get good until the like final 8. I love the first.
0: I love the first round because there's always so many games on. Yeah, but they're boring. Not all of them. Most of them. Like, yeah, like the 1-16, 2-15, 3-14s, those are pretty boring. I'll give you that. Most of them, anyway. So that doesn't even work. Like, there's
1: 68 teams? Yeah. So the first four, like, all right, so 61 plays 68, right, first? Like, there's like four games that... Are played.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the first four. So yep.
1: sixty-one play sixty-eight, sixty-two play sixty-seven, right? And then you have your sixty-four after that.
0: Uh, and then it's the division. No,
1: no. Well,
0: mix squeeze me. For the sixteens, yes, that's correct because those are like the actual last last teams. But like for the elevens, like for the eleven playing games, there's eleven playing games. No, 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 like the 11 seed. Yeah, no, I know. There's 11. Why would an 11 seed have to play in? That's just how it works. What? I can't tell you. That's that. so
1: stupid. <laughs> there's 12, 13, 14, and 15 that don't.
0: Yeah, because well, uh, those are like automatic bids like, for winning your conference. Like, like 12 through 16 are, or no, 13 through 16, those seed lines are safe for all the mid-majors who get automatic qualifying bids. Because wow. they play in weaker conferences. So those 16 teams are just automatically in? Yeah, because they won their conference. That's how it works. <laughs>
1: That's stupid. And then, so what, 11 and 12 are like the last of the good teams? The last
0: of the uh, like um, non-conference winners? Yeah, the okay. last of the, uh, the the buys. Or not the buys, what am I saying? Um, why can't I think of the term? I don't know. At large bids, thank you. Okay. Rain finally decided to work there for a second. I don't know what was going on. Um, but yeah, this year's the chance is such an interesting, interesting tournament uh, a possibility. I mean, the ACC and Pac 12 have a chance to field only three teams each and as two of the power conferences to acquire, you know, to account for only six of the 68 teams. That's crazy. Um, the, the Big 12 has a chance to field double digit teams in there, um, wow. which is crazy. Big Ten, SEC should each feature around that six to eight margin. Mountain West, I mean, five, maybe six could get in from the Mountain West, which is crazy as a mid-major conference, um, if you want to consider it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So how
1: does the winner of their conference become a 12 if they're better than a lot of the
0: other teams? They they won't. Like, the 12s go to are at-larges, usually. Oh. I thought you said the 11s and 12s. Um. Well, according to this bracket I'm looking at, or is it just the 11s? Um, like the 12, two of the 12 lines are Richmond, the projected, uh, projected, um, it's projected time, um, AQ winner, automatic qualifier from the Atlantic 10, and Charlotte from the uh, AAC, as uh, to be 12s, uh, along with Appalachian State and McNeese. So yeah, hmm. all of the 12 lines in this are automatic qualifiers from mid-major conferences. Oh. Uh, But just upper and mid-major conferences. Uh, The 11s are, like, usually where you see the last, like, at-large for the power conference teams. So what if one of those...
1: What if Appalachian was better than the at-large bids that were being handed to the 11s?
0: Then they they move up. Oh, okay. Like, you're seeing Dayton being an at-large as a 5 seed from the Atlantic 10 as well as Richmond. Like, so two teams in that conference would make it, but since Dayton's resume is so strong... They have a chance to be a five seed at, as an at-large.
1: Five seed is an at-large, even though Dayton
0: is behind Richmond. Who's yeah. A, Richmond's a 12, though. Yeah. But if Richmond finishes better than Dayton. Like, if Richmond wins the A-10, right? Yeah. But, like, Dayton is, like, a better record overall. It, it's How would they do that? Seating's all about encompassing resumes, right? Okay. It's kind of like college football that way. And that's why out-of-conference play matters so much in college basketball because of the wins you get early in the season, stack up going throughout the later parts of the season. Like, the only reason Villanova stole any sort of a shot is because they have wins over um, North Carolina and uh, who's the other key win they got? They beat somebody else who's really good, too, uh, That that's keeping them afloat. Memphis. And they just barely lost to... Uh, um, Marquette. Marquette and... Uh, but I think they're cooked. Why can't I think of it? Villanova's done. National champion. Um... UConn, UConn, yeah, they lost by one. So, yeah, how about UConn, man? Yeah. UConn is nasty. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's talk about that. One seeds right now projected: Purdue, Houston, North Carolina, and UConn. All of those are well above the pack in terms of the the other people and other teams in the two seeds. And usually, you don't see that. Usually you Usually, see one two seed start to push towards that one line a little bit. Um. But as of right now, that is not the case. The four ones are head and shoulders above the rest um with with those four teams i just mentioned um purdue i'm gonna give you an update i'm kind of just gonna use this time to give you a little bit of a uh update if you haven't been too you know keen on following in on college hoops uh, at this moment in time and uh if you're a person who just likes march madness i wouldn't expect you to be too locked in on that right now so purdue uh they returned zach edy of course the uh player of the year last year a uh, wooden award winner he's still a monster. Lance Jones is named to watch for Purdue. Uh, transferred from Southern Illinois from the Missouri Valley Conference. He's been huge for them. Can shoot the three. Very athletic. Plays fantastic defense. Uh, I believe two-time uh, Missouri Valley all-defensive all, uh, all defensive team. All-first-team defense. I believe that's what he was on uh, his time there. Um, incredible player for them. He's a cornerstone piece if they want to go far in the tournament this year. Uh, look out for Lance Jones. Braden Smith as well, one of their guards. Uh, fantastic shooter. Can facilitate Um, Those are three guys to know for the Boilermakers and Matt Painter squad. Houston, Jamal Shedd, LJ Cryer, the transfer from Baylor, uh, fantastic shooting guard. Uh, Shedd really does a lot of fantastic things on both ends of the floor for the Cougars. Stingy defensively uh, is a straight-up beast offensively. Can just spot up and shoot from anywhere. Eh, I wouldn't say anywhere, but decent three-point shooter, really crafty in making his own mid-range shots. Um, They rebound very well on the offensive end. Fantastic at crashing the offensive glass is a staple of Houston teams. North Carolina, despite suffering a tough loss against Georgia Tech recently in the ACC, they're incredible. R.J. Davis is their one guard. Uh, that name sounds familiar. He was on the main part of their team from the national championship run two years ago. Um, Armando, Armando Baycott still there. Uh, Harrison Ingram, the transfer from Stanford, has been huge for the Heels this year. Um, Hubert Davis's group, one of the best in the country, reason they're on the one line. And, of course, UConn, uh, last year's national champion. Uh, Dan Hurley's team is still as good as ever. Uh, Tristan Newton, Alex Caravan, Donovan Klingon. This group is deep. Uh, they play well. They, okay. pff, they're lights out. They are lights out. There's a legit chance that this team can go back-to-back. Um, that's all you need to know on the one line. I'm going to give you some other you know, a projected one line at this point. This is not obviously the release bracket at all. We're still well, still a little bit ways from that. Jack's people. actually got inside trader information. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in actually, I do. Um, Going to give you some more teams to look out for in terms of further down the line. But before we do, um, I forgot to read our second notebook of the hour. How dare you? You're fired. So, get out. Let me get one up real quick uh, and find it. All right. Uh, attention KU students, have you heard about KU Bears grant funding? The purpose of the KU Bears program is to support faculty-student research pairs. Over the summer, the goals are for undergraduate students to develop the necessary skill set to become student researchers and to provide faculty members with paid student research assistance. Undergraduate students selected for the program will receive summer pay for research tasks assigned by a faculty supervisor. By assisting faculty members in their research, students selected for the program will obtain the knowledge and skills necessary for conducting advanced research in their field. To apply and learn more about KU Bear's grant funding, please visit www.kutstown.edu forward slash UGRC and look under grants and sponsored projects. This message of community interest brought to you by the radio voice of goodstand University. KUR. All right, rounding out the show back to a little college basketball discussion. I'm going to give you some teams to watch as of right now, despite suffering a loss at home against Boise state, New Mexico out of the mountain West conference. They're a fun team. Have a great trio of guards, Jamal Mashburn, Jalen house. Uh, and then they have Nelly junior Joseph up in the front court as well. Um, Oh, what's the one guy off the bench from Finland? I can't remember his name. Well, having a mind blank right now, that is a little bit unfortunate. Uh, But they're projected along right around that seven line right now. It depends on where you look. Again, that's the problem with bracketology at this point. Uh, It just depends on where you look uh, and, and, you know, where people seed who. And that's all, you know, what data you use. And that's individual to the bracketologist. That's what makes it so interesting to look at. Indiana State out of the Missouri Valley Conference. They run an incredible offense, almost an NBA-style offense, but they're they're really good. The Sycamores, uh, most famous alum, Larry Bird. So, yeah. But they're good this year. Indiana State, really, really good. They're leading the Missouri Valley Conference right now. I believe just one loss, and that was to Drake in conference play. Um, yeah. Watch out for Indiana State uh, down the stretch of the regular season. McNeese State out of the Southland Conference. The Cowboys um, saddle up. They are very sound. Uh, 19-2, and I believe. Uh, is, the, is their current record? I am going to double-check that real quick. Um, yes, it is 19 and 19-2. Uh, the Cowboys are on a 14-game win streak, one of the longest in the nation. Um, undefeated in conference play. They are really, really good. Um, so, McNeese State, that should be a team you have your eyes on. I already mentioned Richmond. They should be on your radar as well uh, along that 12-line. Appalachian State of the Sun Belt. A lot of those teams, those are high-quality 12-line teams, according to the bracket I'm looking at right now. Uh, again, so much can change before the Brackets Fisher, released in about a month and 15 days from now. Uh, but I'm just giving you some early teams that you should have on your radar, possibly. How's my Big Sky doing? Big Sky. You know what? Let me check on your Big Sky real quick, Mitchie, uh, before we <laughs> sign off here today. Um, let me see who's leading the pack in that conference. Eastern Washington, 13-8. Uh, and They're 7-1 conference play. Northern Colorado, Montana State, and Montana are all... Right behind it, 6-2, and two, and then 6-3, and three, respectively, are both the Montana schools. Um, yeah, Big Sky. Let me see. Eastern Washington is projected as a 15, I believe, right now. Oh. Let me see. Not a 14. Nope, 14. I, I lied. Okay. 14 right now in this one bracket I'm looking at. They'd be playing right. Baylor. Baylor. So, uh, Baylor. You brought her. Eagles. All right. Well, that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. Come back at 5. Check out Mitchie's Redneck Rush Hour. Um, enjoy your weekend. Um, I would say enjoy your weekend of sports, but I guess it's really just college Really basketball. not much to watch. Not much to watch. So just have a great weekend. We'll be right back here on Monday night from 5 to 7.